Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of Rewriting the Narrative. My name is Matthew Benson, and I'm going to be joined today and actually conducting an interview on my co-host, Brady Schlebaugh. But I want to first thank our sponsor, Dave Strickland at State Farm of Chillicothe. Dave has taken care of me and my family pretty much my entire life when it comes to our insurance needs. And uh, Dave was kind enough to be the first ever sponsor of Old Man Appalachia. And we want to give him and his whole team a big shout out. You'll be able to find more about Dave and State Farm in the description. And we look forward to having you check them out. Appreciate you. Let's dive into the interview. So please welcome our first ever guest to the Rewriting the Narrative podcast, my co-host, Brady Schlaba. Thanks, Matt. It's an honor <laughs> to be here. <laughs> it, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I, I think what we wanted to do before we dove too far deep into to other interviews uh, and, and more interesting things than the two of us, we wanted to give you guys a little bit of context on who we are, what we do, where we come from, just so we can all relate to one another. Uh, as we go along this journey. So to begin, uh, Brady, I just want to start by getting a little background on yourself and let's start back home. Where is home? What was the family like? Give me the lowdown. Yeah, so I grew up in Northeast Ohio. It was about an hour south of Canton in Holmes County, um, big Amish area. I believe it's the largest settlement in the U.S. Um, and this area is like a very high entrepreneurial area. It's actually the, it flip-flops back and forth every year with Cedar Point as the number one or two tourist destination in Ohio. One, because of the Amish, but two, because of, you know, beautiful scenery. And we also have, have a generation that grew up with the entrepreneurial mindset and now have many businesses that are going all over the world. If So if you get a pill bottle in North America, anywhere in North America, it came from my hometown. And not many people even know that in my hometown. Like that's just one example of the crazy businesses we have there. Um, one of my best friends, his family, they ship little doll houses all over the world. And so it, it's just kind of cool. That's kind of the mindset that I grew up with. My dad um, was a big entrepreneur as well, um, very successful basketball coach. And my mom um, now runs Be Fearless, which is a boutique in our area um, that she's very proud of. And so is our family. Um, so that's kind of the way I grew up was with that mindset of hard work and um, believing yourself is what's going to get you places. And I'm uh, very appreciative of that. Um, just from a young age, it was it was hard work, but also enjoying it and enjoying the process and that grind. Um, was really something that I took to heart growing up and I've definitely used um, throughout my later life, whether I am the leader of the team or um, an individual follower of the team. That's kind of one of the things that I try to take with me. I think that, get, that speaks to a lot of, I guess, the Appalachian values, right, of, of hard work, grit, perseverance, uh, and that takes a number of different forms. And it sounds like for, for you and your family and really for hometown a lot of that was in the entrepreneurial scene whether that was starting businesses or, or whatever right so uh, i want to dig in there's an interesting point here of, of your hometown and and, and and having the amish background right so help me understand how your family ended up there yeah so my grandpa was actually amish growing up um and then when he was about it's usually between like 18 16 area all the way up to like 23 24 they go through what's called rumspringa 
where they kind of leave the church and live in quotes an English lifestyle for a few years and um, kind of then decide whether they want to stay with the church and their family and kind of what they've grown up with or if they want to go the route of you know leaving the church and um, living the English lifestyle moving forward and then what happens is some of the stricter churches essentially shun them from their family and that church and like the people there so my grandpa left the church when he was about 21 22 i believe and not all of his family left the church so he had i think like seven or eight brothers and sisters some of them stayed some of them left and fortunately for him it wasn't a church that you know just kind of leaves you out in the open shuns you and whatnot but um so he went left the church and became a very successful auctioneer actually in our area um so that's kind of where my background in the Amish has come from. How did that affect like you growing up? Like, did you see like Amish practices per se? And was it your, your dad's father or your mom's father? My dad's father was. And yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was different than most people. And essentially like I grew up with them. I went to elementary school with them and they only go through the eighth grade and then they just go back on the farm and work or, you know, construction sites. whatnot. we have a lot of construction in our area. Um, and so essentially I was around that growing up all the time and you know a lot of a lot of people especially nowadays are um, staying inside more electronics video games kind of thing and there's nothing wrong with that but that the, I was just raised the opposite way because that's what I knew because um, you know those kids that were my age were all working on the farm learning how to bale hay and take care of horses so I was right there with a lot of them yeah that's an interesting interesting sort of come up and i think it like i i I don't know the amish background very well uh obviously like i guess been to to counties where there is a presence there and gotten to experience some of the the tourist culture of that but i i've never really had a great understanding of what and i'm not a hundred percent on the details here but essentially they believe in like some um a more simplistic lifestyle simplistic practices um, that don't take away from the the mindset and just getting away from God it essentially is the point of it where they want to keep all their focus as much of their focus on God and not on these other worldly things that they see as distractions towards that it's really interesting um, yeah it's really interesting moving forward so grow up with that sort of like again that grit that perseverance that that instillment or installment rather of, of hard work um come from an amish background uh and your and your grandfather go on to play basketball right did you play mm-hmm. any other sports while in school um i played basketball baseball and soccer growing up my high school didn't have football so we were never a football school actually funny story the the amish guy that sold our school the land said that we couldn't have any contact sports on that land so that's why we didn't have football or wrestling. Um, but so my dad is the girls basketball coach at our high school at Highland. And my uncle was the boys coach in high school. So kind of had basketball in my blood. Um, but my parents did a good job of letting letting us kids do whatever we wanted to do, whatever we were passionate about. Um, but I enjoyed basketball. So I was I was doing that all the time growing up. And it, it was cool for me to see growing up the success that these teams were having but mainly because of why they were doing that, why they were so successful. And 
what a lot of people don't see is the preparation that goes in all that where it's it's year round for for these types of teams and these successful organizations give some context on like the success right i mean most yeah. people don't know the success of that team. So tell me about your dad's team and, and your uncle's team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when the season ends in March, we you're, you're supposed to have like a, a 30-day period off. And but like how, how many championships? I mean, like oh yeah, like um, wins, championships. What my dad's about? had, I believe, five state championships, four runner-ups, and maybe like 16 Final Four appearances. Um, my, co- or my uncle has had... Two state championships, uh, multiple final handful final fours, and then a bunch of state final fours as well. And they also had one um, back in '92. Who's so the coach back then is actually who I'm named after is my dad's best friend um, Perry Reese. They did a big story about him in Sports Illustrated because he was actually the first black man, like one of the first um, prominent black men in our community. It's a very um, white community, and he came in there, and he was accepted, not necessarily from day one, but eventually he was through the hard work and determination that he showed and just being such a great person. Um, he was one of my dad's best friends, led our local high school team to the state championship in 92, and then later passed away in a, at 2000, I believe, from a brain tumor. But like our school's community center is named after him. Um, it's my middle name. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing looking back on like ever since then ever since he came to our community it's been about hard work and that's definitely been passed down through my dad my uncle and then moving forward yeah so so basketball really being one of or really sports in general being one of the avenues to, to sort of showcase that those Appalachian traits which is really interesting um so I want to speed up a little bit we, we we've talked a little bit about the the family background um the the Amish background but let's move into where you ended up post Holmes mm-hmm. County. Yeah, so after high school, I decided to go to Ohio State where um, I knew I, I always wanted to be a basketball coach. I always thought college basketball was, was the way to go for that. So I went to Ohio State and was a manager for the women's basketball team there for three years. Loved it. Loved being around the team, kind of the, seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff of these Division One college athletics programs are insane. And then um, – Last year, I coached over at Ohio Dominican. I um, was an assistant coach over there and really enjoyed my time there. And now I'm not really sure what's next, whether I want to keep coaching or um, whether I'm looking to go down the business route. I've always kind of had a business mindset and enjoyed that type of things. But for me, I think the biggest thing I've learned in the past couple of years is that it comes down to people. And that's really kind of my motivating factor in getting out of bed is um, like who do I get to see today who do I get to talk to what new people do I get to hear stories from or um, learn from so I'm, I'm hoping that moving forward that's kind of what I do and why I do it um, and that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about only in Appalachia is because we get to hear from a lot of people hear a lot of stories and kind of figure out why they get out of bed in the morning. I think I've talked about it before, but like, what is that thing that drives them? And for me, when those people come into my life, it's how can I help them and what can I do to, to um, bring them up a step? I want to dive in a little bit further into to how you got involved with Holy in Appalachia and, and why that, I mean, I understand the people component of it, right? And, and wanting to be involved there, but 
what are the other reasons uh, you're passionate about only in Appalachia? And how did you come to find it? Yeah, so I, I, found, I found it and the people in it through the foundation of I Believe. Um, that's where me and you met, and things kind of came from there. And, you know, th- so I Believe was a foundation that puts on these summer workshops, five-day summer workshops on a college campus for high school kids in Appalachia. And all of the, the people from our starting group of Only in Appalachia we were counselors there and you know we were all kind of mentors for for these high school kids so that was the first time for me that i was able to kind of have real impact on someone else's life and then through that we all kind of found each other our beginning group we just became good friends and wanted to continue to show what we had learned through this uh foundation and which is kind of why we created only in appalachia that was the main thing behind it um, as to why we wanted to do it and so for me it's been really cool to see from the start not only the people and what they've been through but just more about how many different communities there are that all support each other because for me I had a lot of support in my community growing up um, especially through athletics and going down that route but to see it in different ways in other communities has been really cool for me to see whether it's been like in the arts or elders in the community showing their wisdom um, to their grandkids or younger people in that community. So it's been cool to see the different ways people can go about that. Yeah, I think at a, at a high level, I guess the, the takeaways from, from my perspective, just on, on hearing sort of your story, um, are that, again, it goes back to people, right? And that, that ultimately your goal is to impact people, impact your community, which uh, in large part has to do with the Appalachian culture. They are Appalachian people uh, and the Appalachian sort of mentality and traits and, and, and qualities that you picked up over the course of your life. So it's really interesting. But one thing to, to sort of wrap up here, having all of these tremendous Appalachian traits, what is the ultimate goal or what rather let me let me rephrase that. What is the what do you want to be remembered for? Be remembered for at the end of my life? Sure. Um, I think essentially, like I've talked about earlier, is it comes down to people and who I was, who I was impactful on and what that looked like. Whether it was seeing them once or twice throughout my life, what kind of impact do I, did I have on them? I think about that a lot throughout a normal day is what kind of feeling did I leave people with? Um, so for me at the end, that's, that's what I'm going to look back on. And so in a manner of whether I saw them a few times in my life or they were part of my life, five, 10, 20, 30 years, what, what kind of impact did I have on them essentially? I love it. It's all about impact. It's all about doing the right thing. And it's all about being Appalachian. Isn't that right, Brady? I love it. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you uh, all for tuning in and listening. This is episode one of Rewriting the Narrative. What an incredible first interview for the Rewriting the Narrative podcast presented by Only in Appalachia. As you all now know, we were joined by my good friend and co-host, Brady Schleyball. I look forward, and Brady and I both look forward, to continuing to conduct 
the podcast and looking forward to meeting new people along the way and telling their stories and ultimately hoping to impact a few people along the way. You can find Brady on all social medias at Brady R-S-C-H and uh, be sure to follow. Tell him how you thought the podcast was. If you have uh, stories that are similar, I'm sure he'd love to hear him and would love to connect with all of you. So be sure to reach out and check him out there. I want to give one last thank you to our sponsor, State Farm, specifically Dave Strickland of Chillicothe. Him and his team are incredible. If you have any insurance needs, which we all do, you should definitely check out Dave. Get a hold of him. He's the man. Appreciate you all. Continue to help us rewrite the narrative.